0: what's up guys here with you at fc wonder kid episode 124 here with my guy Preston. Mm. how are
1: you that was an amazing week of football alex an amazing amazing week of football so i am great i'm buzzing i'm ready to go we've got champions league to talk about we've got the north london derby uh it's just where you want to start so alex <laughs> if you're doing okay you, where do you want to begin sir
0: you said it, you said it. The London <laughs> Derby didn't disappoint. An epic showdown two no. to- Two, okay? And we can say that both teams are title contenders maybe with Tottenham. That is a bold so statement. Big. But Ange Postegoklu uh. is making himself one of the best managers at Tottenham in such a short period of time. Mourinho was a different manager at Tottenham. Gonté was a different manager at Tottenham. The Ange Postegoklu yep. approach, new identity, new references, yep. new culture, and new style of play that James Madison is... The key with Son ahead of them. What a duo, Son yeah. Madis Son. The duo that we're yeah. loving to see now. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and and apparently, uh, if you try, try, try again when it comes to Tottenham managers, uh, <laughs> at some point you'll get it right. Uh, we call that what trial by error. Mm-hmm. Um, but my goodness, Big Ange has them as them playing. I, it's an identity. I mean, it's it's a st- It's it's just immensely fun to watch. And that was. A fun game of football to watch where I thought Big Ange actually outcoached, in some respects, Arteta. Um, And to see Son um, operating uh, like a Harry Kane. It was like, Harry Kane who? Where is he? You know, we don't, we don't need Harry Kane, even though he's lighting it up in Germany. Um, it, it was just a, an immensely fun match of football to watch. So if, if all the North London derbies are like this in the future, I'm ready for it. But I'll tell you what, this was a historic one. Mm. This was the first North London derby ever, Alex, where both Spurs and Arsenal went into it unbeaten. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Unbeaten. And I I think they both played like it. And while Manchester City looks a different breed... Um, there. I think Spurs and Arsenal ha- have what it takes to to mount some sort of a uh, keep them close and see what happens later on in this season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, were you as entertained as I was because I that was entertaining. What, I
0: love what you're saying. Yeah. I think everything you just said is fucked. And people at home, let us know your thoughts too about the London Derby and if you're agreeing with Breton. But he, I completely agree. Son is a more has more responsibility with Harry Kane not being there. And the, my biggest thing is, Ange Postecoglou. Has improved players that were already there at top him. Yeah, Papesar, Bisuma, Pedro Porro, that was very wrongly judged by many people last season. He didn't have the bad start, he didn't have the best start, but he's not a scrub and he's showing up. A great fullback duo with Udogi, that is a youngster, a 20 year old mm-hmm. with Pedro Porro. It's the trust, and yes, Romero, unfortunate that happened, but once again, Son. Madison, Romero, Vicario is even fantastic. Like you Ooh. can see Bisuma, Bisuma is phenomenal with Angie Postegoklu mm-hmm. too. And you said that Angé Postegluk out outcoached Arteta in, in certain aspects. And the truth is, once they suffered a goal, uh Tottenham, they, it's, they immediately scored afterwards. The response. Two minutes. Like, it's, it's <laughs> the way. It's the way they think on the pitch. They find a solution immediately after they suffer a goal. Something that talks to yeah. them you wouldn't say one year ago, two years ago. It's something new. New, But yeah. focusing, too, <laughs> yeah. on Arsenal, Arsenal have a special, yes. special player. an England, an English mm. special player. It's not, it's not bold to say now that Bukayo Saka mm. is the best player next to Harry Kane playing for England and Jude Bellingham. <laughs> but the best Englishman yep. definitely in the Premier League right now, okay? He's clear from anyone and he's got 86, okay, consecutive games playing for Arsenal. Arsenal, the most okay ever for any player in the Arsenal jersey. That is bold, and that's a reference. Iron Man,
1: <laughs> Iron, Iron Man, Man absolutely, <laughs> and he's still and he's still U twenty three. I mean, listen, Bukayo Saka uh, on a much more granular level, he's played eight games this year, and and he hasn't contributed to goal to a goal in just one of those games in just one of those games. So he's been everywhere for Arsenal, Um, whether it is forcing an own goal, whether it was, you know, uh, putting away a penalty, uh, whether it was scoring midweek in the Champions League. Bukayo Saka is that guy, right? He is him for Arsenal, and it is wonderful to see because he's so young, and he's still, like, there's so much more... In front of him, um, but I do have questions, right, about this Arsenal side. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously that Jorginho substitution uh, at halftime uh, very clearly did not work out because ultimately it was Jorginho that made the mistake in midfield. Okay, that stuff happens. But I, I have to ask you, Alex, mm-hmm. how do you feel? Because we there hasn't been a direct question from me to you about this. How do you feel about this internal competition, uh, David Raya versus Aaron Ramsdale um, kind of play out? I am going to make the-, the quick little observation that it obviously played out very nicely for Arsenal today, mm-hmm. having Raya and goal. I- I'm sure Ramsdale might have been able to uh, do what he did, but Raya made some very key saves. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you feel about that? Because goalkeeper is such a different position to anything else on the field. Right.
0: I I completely agree, and I don't think it's going to be long-term, very healthy, having two goalkeepers at that level that are willing to play, and they can play at the high level in the Premier League. Ramsdale, before Raya arrived, was being mentioned as a top-five keeper in the Premier League, so... Obviously some people can question why did he come but the truth is Raya in terms of reflexes in terms of handling handling the ball and mistakes okay the way he can anticipate and read the game I think he's better than Ramsdale and in progressive play too but what you get with yeah. Ramsdale is magnificent saves moments that you won't forget it's true but some minor mistakes happened last season and if mm. if life had been perfect at goalkeeper last season for Arsenal Raya hadn't arrived. I agree. I think yep. that's a solid point. And it's, it's a doubt. And another doubt is Havertz. Havertz, mm. now, I like the, the fact that he's not starting ahead of Fabio Vieira. Because he shouldn't. Yep. But substituting Fabio Vieira, a player that has better movement, more dynamic, is better playing with Odegaard, with Saka, than Havertz right now, was, a I don't think, bold. And it wasn't the right decision by Arteta that I think helped Tottenham in this game. Personally, personally. Yeah,
1: well, I I could see a future where Kai Havertz uh, goes back to join Chabi Alonso uh, at his former club uh, at Bayer Leverkusen and and, and helps them hopefully uh, beat the Bayern hegemony. Um, hegemony. I don't know how to say that word actually, but uh, no, I'm just kidding there. But yeah, no, I love seeing Fabio Vieira getting this, this, uh, this, this run out. Um, But I, I do have to bring it back and swing it back to Spurs just really quickly because you mentioned it. It it was briefly talked about, but how good has the James Madison signing been? I mean, there have been two major, major bolt on uh, phenomenal signings this season. both. Uh, Of English players, and James Madison has been one, and James Ward-Prowse has been the other for West Ham United. But Madison, uh, I my heart was in my throat when I saw him go down after he like locked his knee, Um, and I got so 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 worried for him because he he had both assists on the day, both assists on the day. He's he's. Great on uh, set pieces. Um, he is the perfect Ange player right now, um, and I, I really would love to see him uh, continue to progress. Uh, as he, he's already worked his way back into the England squad, I mean it's just great, great to see. Yeah. Um, and and something um, I've almost forgotten how foul a large part of the Spurs season was last year. And it's still early this year, but it is wonderful to see uh, these these two clubs, Arsenal and Tottenham, uh, having really, really worthy battles um, this season. It's so, still early. Yeah. I
0: agree with you. But Tottenham yeah. hasn't lost the game. This is mad no. in, such, in such a short period <laughs> of time. They didn't spend loads of money to, with the team that they have. Like, Miki van der Ven. Okay, he could have been a bit cheaper maybe. But, like, he's coming with a price. And he's coming. And he's being productive for Tottenham too. So I think it's great. And you said English players. Like, look at the English players that were right this summer, okay? (laughs) Jude Bellingham at Real Madrid, Harry Kane with Bayern Munich. You said we're proud at West Ham and Madison at Tottenham. All these English players were worth the price. (laughs) They were worth Mm -hmm. the price. No English tax right there. But let us know, what are you thinking about the London derby? What do you think? Do you think Arsenal are title contenders? Do you think Tottenham will be in the top four? This is a match that does solidify themselves in the discussion right now. Let us know what you're thinking and don't forget to like this video but we say title contenders (laughs) the team that is definitely a title contender is Man City 2-0 win against Nottingham Forest but we got some bad news for City fans Rodri Mm -hmm. is not going to play against Arsenal and Man City will not have Rodri playing against Arsenal De Bruyne playing against Arsenal and last season they had Gundogan Mahrez playing Mm -hmm. against Arsenal so they gotta step up Julian Alvarez, Doku, Erling Haaland, Phil Foden, the new references, the youth in Man City. So this is special, and I'm excited, Bretton. How are you yeah, feeling man. about yeah. it?
1: <laughs> I uh, well, it, they've got depth. I mean, Mateus Nunes has already. It's as if he's been playing in a City shirt all season, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it doesn't look any different. He looks phenomenal for them. So I'm not necessarily worried, but you mentioned it, right? Mm-hmm. Last year's season-changing win over Arsenal, I believe it was a 4-1 win, right? They had in the midfield Kevin De Bruyne, Rodri, and Ilkay Gundogan, right? They're going to have none of the above <laughs> for that game unless some sort of a, uh, what do you call it, you... you, you um, unless something gets rescinded, mm-hmm. right? Unless they actually uh, get what they need from that. But I don't see it happening. Um, so, because Rodri, I mean, he did put his hands on his throat. What mm-hmm. What can you do? Um, but when it comes down to it, I think that they do have the depth there. Um, I don't, is Kovacic going to be healthy?
0: Uh, I don't think he's going to play, no. But let's see. Oh it, my it, goodness! It. Yeah. yeah so uh, mm-hmm. that.
1: Hey, listen. That's October eighth. They have plenty of games previous to that. I think two games previous to that. Um. So I think Manchester City uh, they'll be able to get the reps to who they need to get the reps to. Um. Before then, but with Mateos, if Mateos Nunes was not playing as well, as he has been. Um. In these last two games, uh, I, maybe I'd be a little more worried. But Manchester City just looks a step above mm-hmm. right now. Step above. Even a man down against Wolves for the majority of the game or half the game. uh, They just, they they look good right now. They they Um, look good, but they didn't score
0: too, which is not surprising, I know, because they had a man down. But still, I do see this team maybe as a weaker side than last City's team. Well, look, what we got to see is be. wait and see is if Doku's going to be big time. Julian Alvarez mm. was big time for them against Red Star. Two goals, two key goals when the bro ain't present, And that's what they need. New references, which Guardiola does best. He can develop these players. Mm. And Erling Holland has in 44 games, okay? No, sorry. Erling Holland in 44. Has 44 Premier League goals in 41 games for Man City. And in total, he's got 62 games, (sighs) 60 goals, and 11 assists. And Man City right now is the favorite to win the Champions League once again. This is mad what is going to happen. And we talk about City here, and we know when it comes to February, March... Man City will have mm-hmm. De Bruyne back. They'll have Khadri at a high level. they have John Stones at a high level. They all have a full group. And this is going to be scary when it's the knockout stages. Because that's what they do best. Man City. But you referenced Mateus Nunes too. Mateus Mateus Nunes at Man City offers adaptability to Guardiola. A player that can play fullback, he said. He has the movement and intelligence to do that. And without De Bruyne, that assists to Haaland. Mateus Mm Nunes did a De Bruyne-like movement. That's what he brings. Versatility. And I'm excited for the future of Mateus Nunes with Pep Guardiola. I think as Portuguese, we only win with this situation and Foden mate. Foden yeah. needs to be the big guy through the middle, through the middle. Now's the time, and especially when Bernard Silva is being subbed off in the first half uh, again, like what was yeah, that? Yeah. What was that? Yeah, uh, 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 uh,
1: from, from what I hear, I, I heard it was injury as well. It's just how long. I mean, they're, they're going to be missing a lot of pieces. It's just whether or not they're all missing on October 8th, which is the, you know, the big circle date um so i i don't think i'm necessarily worried i mean they got through they, they had already won the game before rodri was sent off mm-hmm. um and you know when it comes down to it we haven't even mentioned how flipping strong their defense is mm. you know so it, it just it's like before we even talk about Gavardi all before we even talk about ruben diaz we're more focused on holy crap do they have the depth right to score goals but they had already scored two goals before rodri lost his marbles and I think I look at like the Grealish-Doku situation. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful development to have. You have an embarrassment of riches. you got someone more direct, someone cutthroat, and then you've got Grealish who will dribble at somebody, um, but, but I, I believe offers more um, completeness than, mm-hmm. say, a Jeremy-Doku. But to have both of them on that left side... That's just an embarrassment of riches. Um, And Grealish hasn't been healthy uh, as of late. So he's now coming back, coming back. But it is really interesting to see, like, one great game from Doku, two great games from Doku. And already people are like, they want to cast Grealish aside. They want to push him off. When... Let's not rem- let's not forget what he did and how important he was to that late run of Manchester City. I wouldn't even call it late run. That second half of the season for Manchester City um, on their way to the treble last season, that was very much Jack Grealish. Very much Jack Grealish. He was huge, and he's going to do it again this season. Um, so I'm not writing him off just yet, even if Doku looks as good as I'd love him to look. Um, but we'll find out. Well, uh,
0: I think Doku's looking good. I completely agree with you. And what people are more impressed about it is Jeremy Doku just arrived. Jeremy Doku just arrived, and Jack Reelis is on the bench. We know that Doku is a pure winger, and that with his traits, he can be one of the best wingers in the world with his explosiveness, the speed. If he gets a decision-making to have, like, what, 20 goals in the Premier League one day, that is Salah mm. levels if he's given the consistency. Mm. And he has to fight demons, which are the injuries. In the past, yes. at Staten, people said, where's Doku? He was injured a lot of the time. So that's why he didn't get a, a big move to Man City earlier because of injuries. But let's wait and see what's going to happen with Man City because it's going to be a long season with Arsenal better. And this team, Liverpool, ain't playing this season no more. I said Salah. Nope. Salah has commitment, loyalty, and Mo Salah has been involved in his the last 14 Premier League games in a goal. Mm. In a goal. Or an assist. Mo Mo Salah, he yep. has that impact, and that is what, that's what—that's why he didn't leave already. Mo Salah is yeah. crucial in order for Liverpool to win the Premier League. They have elite passers now in midfield. McAllister, Shabozlai, Trent Alexander-Arnold moving to midfield with that movement. But Darwin, mm-hmm. Jota, Salah, the attacking options, you must say that they're title conden- to contenders the least. Uh, Do yep. you agree with
1: me, Breton? <laughs> Well, my predictions agree with you. I mean, we can we can go back to when I was in Portugal. I believe I do have Liverpool finishing second on the season. So uh no, I, I a lot of it was whether or not it all gelled together. Whether or not I mean McAllister, I don't think has played his best football yet for Liverpool. It's gonna take a little time. A um game, right? y- it was a good that was a great game from him, yes, absolutely. But previous to this I know there were questions. Um and yet, you know, their their Klopp is uh still rotating the heck out of the squad for their midweek game again against Lask Um, and they get the win. They get it late, probably not as classy as they'd like to. They give some run out to Ben Doak, who's incredibly promising. They give uh, Stefan Baszic is is back. Um, So they're, they're grooming pieces to hopefully help them for later on this season. Uh, And then they, they come out and they, beat West Ham, uh, pretty handily. Uh, so yeah, I do agree. I think that they are title contenders. Um, unless of course Manchester city runs away with this thing. Uh, I definitely think that they could finish second this season. Um, and if city slips up, Liverpool should be there, but come on five, five wins and six unbeaten to start the season. And I don't think they've even come close to playing their best football. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about where it goes. Uh, but I got to say, Mo Salah, dude, you mentioned 14 14 games. I think he is the only—no, not I think. Mo Salah is the only player in Premier League history to score or assist in 12 consecutive Premier League games, not once, but twice. He's done it twice in his career in the Premier League, and he is the only person on the list— to ever do that, right? He's the only person in Premier League history to do that. So this guy's an Iron Man and has been an Iron Man for them. And if I ever see him in another shirt, it's going to be very weird. Uh, but Mo Salah is Liverpool, and it's great to see.
0: Best African player ever in the mm. Premier League? That's the discussion that Mo Salah is starting to have. Next to Drogba. Next to... Et, uh, well, Eton, he came late. But Yaya Toge was yeah. quite bold, too, in the Premier yeah. League. So that is a great case. And whoever said... Liverpool is finished. Whoever said that, they are looking really silly right now. Klopp has the team playing much different. And now, with the attacking options that they have, they must be considered one of the best teams, at least to watch in the Premier League. Okay, Jota coming off the bench, <laughs> scoring mm-hmm. for a 3-1 win, like... West Ham yep. or no scrubs. West Ham are playing great football and Paqueta, the off ball <laughs> pressing of Paqueta. Every time I see it, I'm like thinking, how does he keep doing this? He keeps on <laughs> running and running and running. So pay attention to West Ham too, that have a great team with Kudu, Jetson Alvarez, Mavropanush, good moves. And we're going to mention more about those moves. But yes, Liverpool are going. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well yeah, and a quick little reminder that Liverpool are doing this with kind of a piece together defense. Uh we saw Van Dyke back. Uh he looked great, I think, against West Ham. I thought he looked like old Van Dyke. Um so it it really is gonna be I think that'll be the the uh impetus for them to consistently Uh, compete this season or it will be their downfall. It's whether or not their defense um, can stick together. And I think that that, I think the winter window transfer window is going to be absolutely insanely Mm -hmm. massive for Liverpool to get that one or two depth pieces that they, they do still need. Um, But Mm -hmm. so far, so good, you know, considering how bad last season was so far, so flipping good, right? Mm
0: -hmm. It's true. It's true. And Liverpool now it's like, we're not saying that they might be in the top four, like Tottenham, we're saying they're title contenders next to Arsenal, yep. so that means the Liverpool, despite not having Champions League, they're with the intention of having civil war and winning the Premier League once again with Jurgen Klopp, and I gotta gotta yep. respect that. I gotta say that. Not the same. Not the same thing that I can say about man. United okay Man United did beat Burnley 1-0 but did they convince me no okay they're not looking at their best at least Bruno Fernandes can play at right winger he can play and he can be assisted by Johnny Evans Evans that has played 200 games for Man United and I like seeing a player that has passion and wants to be there okay you clearly see he wants to have a legacy at the club he has intention to play well at the club And Evans, you got to respect that it's been the first game since 2015 of Evans. Evans hadn't played for Man United since 2015. And now he's played 200 games and assisting Bruno Fernandes in the Burnley win, okay? And that's what Man United need, especially after losing three games in a row. Dude, that finish.
1: (laughs) But that, yeah, that Bruno finish. I mean, uh, just expert, dude. Just expert, like perfect. And you, 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 like knew it was gonna happen as that ball was lobbed in. Um, and he just caught that so cleanly. But it was exactly what United needed. They needed to win, even though they're not playing that well. And here's here's the issue. That injury crisis that everybody talked about, that is talking about, right? That is maybe becoming a little bit of a crutch a, a, a exercise in Jurgen Klopp from last season with Liverpool, right? The injury crisis, this, this, this. Um, it it has deepened. Um, Lissandra Martinez went out with an injury, right? Uh, hell, I think Regu- Reguilan, Uh he might be fine for the next game, but I think he is is nursing something. And he's like the backup, backup, backup. Left back, so it's something like 11 or 12 players if you count the Anthony craziness if you count the um what's the other one that I'm missing Sancho craziness mm-hmm. uh it's and Rashford does not look good these days mm-hmm. he doesn't look good okay. I, I don't really know how better to play it. you probably know a, a better tactical way uh, to put it, but uh there, there's oh. some weird times going on at, at United, but at least they got the three points against company and and uh, company.
0: I think, imagine, (laughs) for a player, seeing the locker room, seeing everything that's happening at Man United, I'm not going to blame just Eric Ten Hag. I'm going to blame the Glazers in all this. I always go back to (laughs) the Glazers because Eric Ten Hag right now, it's him himself trying to fix everything. Even Ralph Ragnick at the time, he could have been a technical director, but Eric Ten Hag needs support at this club. And look, he played Evans. He played Reguilon that wanted to be there, and they get a win. It's a tough win, I agree. And Rashford, why why doesn't Rashford look at his great? Because he had to play strikers so many games, Marcus Rashford. And now with Hoyland back, he's adapting to the team, but the team is so predictable. So predictable because obviously you're going to attack from the left instead of going through Bruno Fernandes that is pushing inside too. So I think yeah. that Man United aren't looking as dynamic as they looked last season. They're looking more exposed. And Eric Ten Hag needs to do something. And bringing an Anibal Mejri. I think it's something yeah. positive, too. He's, he yeah, cost sure. $10 million. They paid for a player like that in 2019, and I think with, without Eric Den Haag, I don't know if he was going to play with another manager because from the mm. past patterns of other managers at Man United, these types of players wouldn't play long-term, okay? So there's little sure. positives that I can say, and Reguilon, And Evans have more passion than the other players that were playing right Mm -hmm. there. And it's a pity for Man United fans. The biggest injury for me is Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw is irreplaceable at left back. But Reguilon did a good enough job. And I think he's going to be a player that wants to have a good image and a right impact at Man United. He knows it's a now or bust time in his career. And everybody's going to be looking at what he does at Man United, Reguilon. But (laughs) The, so much pressure. from
1: uh, <laughs> yeah for like just to lament a little more um Hannibal Mejri, great shout out because I thought he had a very decent game mm-hmm. um and I think he can grow on that game but I my here's my my lamenting right uh I really wish Kabi Minu was healthy because this yeah I I really wish he was not uh, uh injured right now because m- my goodness this would be the the time the place for him to break out Uh, For them, but Manchester United, uh, we keep bringing it back to the Glazers and as as much as having a boogeyman or having a common evil or um, enemy is a good thing to bring everybody together. It doesn't necessarily matter. If Eric Ten Hag's gonna take the paycheck to come in, not see them as the problem, um, and start some sort of like vision quest, this is how I'm going to build Manchester United. Because if it's always gonna have the asterisk, Alex, of in spite of the Glazers, right? In spite of the Glazers, he did this, it's not gonna go anywhere. So either the club, uh, and by the club, I mean the supporters of the club, need to all band together and somehow force these glazers out. Um, or you're basically, it's a crutch for them never to do anything from think, here on I, out. I think you're, you're, you, you, but do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm I, not trying to simplify the whole thing, I th- but like, we can't keep saying, but, but, but the glazers, but the glazers, because if 10 hog is there and he's still able to build something, but he's got 12 injuries. I mean, if you want to find a common enemy, maybe, maybe start with the physio department. With I don't the know. Glazers,
0: uh, it's impossible to have a team with the same culture as Man City. Because Man City right. are run top to bottom the right way. Something that the culture of Man United used to have in the past without the Glazers. And yes, they had an, an unbelievable era with Sir Alex. Something that was unique in the history of the Premier League. But ever since then In the history of football. Uh, in the history Yeah, in- definitely. Definitely in the history of football. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you need to put the blame yep. on the Glazers, mate. Because you're saying that Ten Hag was in a position in life in Ajax to refuse Man United a job that is once in a lifetime for many managers, he shouldn't. And I think if Ten Hag li- literally comes public, if he leaves one day and he says, Look, I left. But look, the problems that were happening inside the club, no support from the top. The Glazers have to be involved more with the culture of the team. If not, they're going to be selling the club eventually, definitely, because the results will not come. The Man United fan base is being exploited right now, in my point of view, in my point of view. Jersey sales... No commitment from players. Players that are not there for the passion. Something that at Arsenal you can say that's different. It's different right now with Arteta. That it, you need to do that to change the culture. So yeah. I, like,
1: well, I don't. I don't want to. Right. I don't want to go down like the bid route. I understand that maybe culture has to change with with, with with Arteta. with all of that.
0: Yeah, I don't see Eric. Well, that you see Crunky with a
1: But but they they're Cronky people want Cronky out. I know I want him out of Colorado Rapids, that's for dang sure. But you know, he
0: changed their approach.
1: I I, No, he's given more control he's he's given more control to his kids. He's given more control to you know, he's he's backed away some yes. Um but but the Glazers, but no, but listen, for him, if Ten Hog ever walks away and and has that convenient little morsel of but the Glazers I mean it just doesn't make any sense. Then I understand like if Manchester United comes but if you know that they have a cancerous ownership structure mm-hmm. then w- why why? I mean Ten Hag is is good enough to get a a job elsewhere. I understand mm. the storied nature of Manchester United's history, but history ain't history if you're telling me that the Glazers are always going to be the reason. It's the reason Solskjaer failed. It's the reason Rangnick failed. It's the reason Ten hog failed. It's the re not failed. He has not failed yet. I'm just saying I don't want it to become a crutch if the Glazers aren't getting anywhere. It
0: is a crutch um, <laughs>
1: because. But listen, a billion dollars has been spent on this team over how many years? Oh right. God. So from what? Like, you they, say they, Todd Boily is a have,
0: crutch, but you don't say the Glazers are a crutch for Man United? N-
1: no, I think Todd Boley, Boley is the problem at Chelsea. And the, gl- and the Glazers are the problem at Man
0: United at this point in time. The, 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 Todd
1: Boily... Blew up a team that did not to be need to be fully blown up, and then he went on a buying spree to buy for the sake of buying. Now he bought very talented players, but not talented players in the form of Premier League ready day one. Bolt them together, get this eleven moving, and we're going to be at the you know in the top four, top three by the end of the season. The the United has had years and years and years um, of of the Glazers, right? The Glazers aren't they've been here. Um, they were here when Solskjaer finished second, right? Um, they were here when they won the Carabao Cup last season. But they are not the cause for internal strife or whatever the heck is going on with Sancho with Anthony, right? They're not the cause of that, and I'm not defending them. I'm not. I do agree. I, there's no way. Well, how can you blame? You how defending. can you blame owners for what is currently going on the pitch for Manchester United? You can't blame owners for that. They spent 70, $80 million on Hoyland, did they not?
0: They did. They did. I completely agree.
1: They right. Did and I know that. it doesn't come straight and they, from and Glazers. To say that
0: the Glazers don't have an impact on the pitch is ridiculous, Bretton. You know why? Because the technical director, who appoints it? It's the Glazers. A technical director, what does he do? He filters the transfers. Transfers that Man United have been doing more wrong... Then right, and Eric Ten Hag has a clear impact in the new transfer era at Man United. Yes, he's got Anthony wrong. Yes, he's got like Lisandro Martinez, I think is right. But some people think he's not. Maybe Amrabat is wrong too. But it's Eric Ten Hag's pattern. There's no pattern but Eric Ten Hag in that sense. So I think there's a clear problem even with not Eric Ten Hag making the decisions from transfer end. Like, should, they yeah, should a get crush. someone. And Ra- with Ralph Ragnick, when they brought him in, I was, like, hoping that La- Ralf Ragnick was going to stay there because another person, another mind that understands football could have a clear impact in how they play with the transfers. No, I agree. But, but let's see.
1: I agree there. I mean, yeah, the mo- the movement of him to a technical director, which is where he excels, Ragnick, exactly. even though he's excelling as the Austrian coach, that would be nice. I, I just do think I- – I think it's become more of a crutch in, in the last – Few years. Now, I, I'm completely in agreement that the Glazers need to move on, but like you can't force that because this is an investment. This is a publicly traded investment, a publicly floated investment in the United States. So for them, um, I, it's it's easy the boogeyman it, it's easy to go to bed and say it's the rich people but when it comes down to it there are also enough mistakes that need to be righted enough mistakes that need to be or enough players that need to be nurtured uh from here on out that uh, if you believe that ten hog cannot do anything mm-hmm. moving forward can't finish top three again top four again um in because of the glazers or can never win the league again because of the glazers um, then uh, somebody's got to convince Ten Hag that he needs to join the ranks. He needs to join the ranks of rebelling against the Glazers. You guys need to get him out. This is like a full-blown revolution, if that's the case, right? Mm-hmm. Because of, everything's going to be in spite of the Glazers, mm-hmm. right? Um. So that's bla- that's kind of like where it gets tiresome for me. I hear it all mm-hmm. the time, like Glazers this, Glazers that. Who gives a crap? There's enough to fix on field right now that, that – I, I know Ten Hag's busier than all get-out. He's probably not cultural. thinking about the Glazers at night. I'm starting but to yeah.
0: think it's cultural. I'm used to, in my country, seeing a president like Rui Costa, someone that knows football. Pinta Costa at Porto, yeah. someone that knows football. And I think if those people weren't at the top in those respective clubs, the clubs would be run a lot, a lot different. So, and it's not on the yeah. rich people, Breton. There's rich people that have a good impact in football. And the Man City people, they are rich. The Newcastle people, they are rich. The Cronkies, they are rich and change their approach. But the Glazers, they're rich too. And they're not changing their approach in Man United with due time. And that's going to be a huge problem if Man United are going to win the Premier League. But uh, w- uh, once again, that I don't see happening close with Guardiola and Man City at the helm, and other teams improving. But let us know what are you thinking, people. Do you agree with me yep. that it's the Glazers? Do you, what do you think is the b- biggest problem and Man United? Let us know what you're thinking, and please go bold with the like button too. <laughs> <laughs> with Man United, you know, with the Premier League, though, I wanted to give a shout out to to Brighton. Brighton win three, yes. one another game. They were losing one 0 I was quite surprised with that. But I want to give a mm-hmm. shout out to Baleba. Okay, what a player <laughs> Baleba is. Like, he's replacing Caicedo, and you can see coming off the bench great tackling, great interceptions, and a player that is going to develop with the Zerbi. Another one. <laughs> yeah. And you might be right, Fredson, yeah. saying Estupeñan is the best left back in the Premier League because Estupiñan <laughs> is going so bold, mate. <laughs>
1: He is, dude. He is. And it's great to see. Uh, but yeah, Brighton also, I think what was more the part of the character of this win uh, I was happy about was, hey, first ever European game midweek. They lose. Um, they get upset. I guess you could probably go out and venture a guess to say that. Um, And they lost at the Amex and then they come back and they, they win this one. But uh, it was it was Matoma time right two goals in in relatively quick succession that second half was essentially all his um and they're back to winning and in in the top 5 top 4 um of the premier league so it's just a very very different vibe um and de Serbi just he's he's just got his influence on everything there and it's it, it really it's a wonderful thing to see um so so we'll see. They've got some stiffer tests coming up. And but good Gilmore shout to.
0: out. Billy Gilmore's improving mm. a lot more. And this season, Billy Gilmore's seen as a starter. So big shout mm. out to that. And Anzu Fati coming off the bench. Let's see if we can see the Anzufati that we saw at Barcelona. But it's still. A wishful thought. And we wish to see mm, him yep. doing much better. But let us know. What did you want us to talk about in the Premier League? Tell us topics. you want start bench cells of the Premier League edition? Let us know in the comment <laughs> section on YouTube. Because, yes, always keeping it interesting with different topics. That's a good way of doing things. But, yes. Sure. La Liga time. La Liga. Pr- it's, it's going bold. And predictions are happening right here. And I'm going to start by saying, I think, definitely Barcelona our favorites to win La Liga and that remontada oh with João Félix and Cancillo highly involved I told you the Félix Lewandowski duo was going to be one of the best to watch and he is delivering exactly just that João Félix and João Cancelo at Barcelona four games played Four wins. Unreal that Felix has three goals, two and two assists, and he can always be yep. mentioned as one of the best players on the pitch when he's playing with Barcelona. Clear intention to prove all the haters wrong. Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, way, yeah.
1: I, I I, just, you know, I'm going to take the other side of the coin here for you. <laughs> I, I, where, where the Joao's have excelled, absolutely, and I don't think anyone expected, well, I did not expect them to have as quick and as as succinct of a influence right away, but my goodness have I been proven wrong. I mean, he Felix had what? Two goals and assists versus Royal Antwerp. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a butt whooping. Um and then he comes back and I think he was the one that jump started the Raymontada. Um and I believe that this is the let's see, the first La Liga squad. Barcelona was the first La Liga squad in fourteen years to win when down at least two goals past the eightieth minute. I mean you're talking about leaving it late. They played crappily for the most part for the first 80 minutes of the game and then decided to turn it on. And I agree with you. That is an intangible. That is, that is something that is a squad chemistry thing that you absolutely will need to defend your uh, La Liga title. Um, But at the same time, you can play the game, the other side of the coin, other side of the pillow, whatever one, whatever way you want to put it, Alex, you can play the game and say, why were they in that spot? In the first place, right? And if you get in that spot against, it could be, yeah. Um, Gavi, who early on this season, people were like, "Why do people like Gavi?" Well, that's why you like Gavi because <laughs> he wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, yeah. he he literally jump started that whole thing, and I I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you, Alex. But um, yeah, I mean, you obviously do that against uh, you do that against Real Madrid. You do that. What is it? October twenty eighth? Is that when they they next play? Oh yes, right. The first El Clasico, you do that, you're probably not coming back um, when it comes down to that. Or maybe you do it against, uh, instead of Celta Vigo, you do it against the Real Sociedad or something of that nature. Maybe you don't come back. So you can make that argument, but I 100% agree with you. It has been masterful, masterful uh, piecing together of a roster amidst, obviously, their financial... um, Whatever inconsistencies or their financial uh, headaches that they have to kind of navigate through, it has been absolutely masterful, and they have been wonderful at also uh, giving chances to guys like Lamine Yamal. Days after Lamine Yamal was named La Liga's U23 Player of the Month, Alex, he goes on to become the second youngest player in UEFA Champions League history, and he was he's only two months older than Mukoko. Right? when Moukoko, uh became the youngest player in Champions League history. So uh, just little things like that that, yes, Xavi deserves credit. Laporta absolutely deserves credit. Uh, but in the end, I still think Real Madrid is built <laughs> to win this back this season. So oh, I will man. still pick Real Madrid when all is said and done. But I think we're going to get a first real data point on October 28th.
0: Well, and a big data point, too, would be the Champions League game. Five nil wins at Royal Antwerp. Yeah. Something that last yeah. season they weren't as confident in the Champions League too. It was a more difficult group. I agree with you and Porto game sure. against Barcelona that will be interesting. But yes, Lewandowski in his last seven Lewandowski has seven games, six goals, five assists. Mm. Jean Felix is meant to assist. Jean Felix, he's here to assist and that duo yep. is honestly when you watch them play it looks like it's meant to be. I really think Felix is proving people wrong, and I'm going to say this could be a bold statement for the people at home, but I think Barcelona fans do agree with me. Since Dani Alves, there hasn't been a uh, right-back with as much potential to be so solid than João Cancelo. Sergio Roberto wasn't that. He is versatile, but he's not that. Sergino Dest was not that. Nelson Smith no. was not that. Cancelo? Can be one of the best fullbacks in the world at Barcelona with Balde in the other side. So that is a key yep. aspect that Barca has changed this season. And the second thing I got to say, too, is Gavi. Gavi is unique. Yep. The tools he has offensively, defensively. I honestly think no, pl- he's irreplaceable. He's getting to that stage and he's only 19 years old. Gavi will be a generational talent for s- Barcelona and for Spain, the assist to Cancelo—that yep. that is pure vision of a player that only, only Gavi could have done in that given moment in my point of view. There's a complete understanding yeah. in that sense. And Xavi's record in La Liga is 70 matches, 50 wins, 10 draws, and 10 losses. Considering that's everything nice. that's happening in this team that is so bold, and they will be back-to-back La Liga winners in my point of view, improving <laughs> players like Gavi, La Minha Mal, Balde, Ronaldo Rouge so many quality players. And Kondé, yeah, well much better this season. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, I, I also think credit needs to be given to Ter Stegen because he he definitely had a few saves. Like Celta, they they could have I wouldn't say iced that game, but they could have had a couple more goals in that game before that eight minute ridiculous Raymontada where they scored three goals in eight mm-hmm. minutes to win the thing. Uh, but Ter Stegen kept them in it, um, and I, I just want to ask it. You know, Pedri's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frankie De Jong uh, rolled. It looks like a high ankle sprain for him, and he might be. Uh, at a race to be back for El Clasico. Now I think he'll 100% be back for El Clasico. I don't think so? there's an I don't issue know there.
0: 7 uh, weeks. it Could be 7 weeks. Yeah, is that
1: is that what they're saying? Oh, yeah. my Okay, so the initial the initial tweet I saw was only like 4 weeks. So 7 weeks. Ooh, so you yeah. think I mean, they got Gunduan Oriol is playing very well. Um you think you think that that's that's material. I mean, he's very central it's to true. how Xavi plays. It's true. So going like to be that, interesting. I
0: think that game is going to be so interesting because Frankie de Jong, as you said, very important. Yeah. But I, th- I hope Pedri is going to be back in time to play that game. And, yes, it's yeah. it's a lot of variables are changing. But, like, Real Madrid haven't been playing with Vinicius Junior. Real Madrid no. don't have Courtois. Real Madrid have their own demons to face. But, yes, they're playing great football with Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham that scores a late winner against Union mm. Berlin. Once again, the whole Bernabeu does the celebration. Iconic already in such a short period of time. Generation and has elevated himself towards being a Galactico. Jude Bellingham. But yes, mate, Vitor Roque. I just want to say last thing with Barca is Vitor Roque, that injury. I just hope that when it comes to January, Vitor Roque is back and healthy because this season... Vitor Hock has 20 goals and 8 assists. This is a pure Humongous. striker, such a quality forward that can compete for the place against Lewandowski, that's 35. He can learn so yeah. much. And they need yep. players like that. Barcelona. <laughs> and Dembele, and I just wanted yeah. to say, zero goals and zero assists. <laughs> Dembele. That's brutal, man. good now.
1: <laughs> the, the PSG's still got some soul-searching to do. But listen, I I, I want to echo your sentiments about Vitor Roque because I, I think the more heartbreaking thing for me is, yes, he's got a next chapter ahead with Barcelona. I'm pretty certain he's going to kill it in a good way with Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more heartbreaking thing for me is for him, that injury is likely the, the, the final impression that he has. Right, mm-hmm. um, in the Brasilia Real, right? That's probably the last minutes he plays because, uh, the Brasilia Real season ends, I believe, in December, mm-hmm. um, and he's uh, he's looking at three months, three months plus on the sideline. Uh, so w- wishing him a not a quick recovery. I wish him a full, full recovery. Awesome. Take your time, get back, and uh, and I-, I think he's going to be a massive piece of of Xavi's arsenal in the future and I shouldn't say Arsenal because that's another team but you know what I mean when I'm saying that I because he's you. got a wonderful amount of opportunity ahead of him but um and yeah so yeah team.
0: you're saying another team the City group have a big impact right now in La Liga too which Girona mm-hmm. as it seems Girona, Girona, Girona that it's has great. a player named Savio that just like doggo oh, he's a pure winner, yeah. wi- wi- winger winger Savio and Doku yep. are pure wingers and both in City Group. Savio has two goals, two assists in his last two games. And please start watching this left-footed winger that has a lot of creativity and is willing, willing to play so much. And at Girona, he has the time and the way to develop that he is. And, I wanted to give him a shout-out.
1: Yeah, and, and for those that don't know, this is actually – Girona is a Catalan club. Uh, they are about an hour away from Barcelona I have been to their stadium mm-hmm. I have uh, been to that the city is it's a tiny it's a small city but it's absolutely beautiful um and uh for for those that might not know if you watch game of Thrones a lot of Game <laughs> of Thrones was actually filmed there uh, for some of the seasons but Girona, in and of itself this city this uh, stadium is so very unassuming it's small this is not Camp nou, but you are on top of the field and it is so cool to see this Alex for them to be unbeaten in six games they were top of the table for a second they have scored as many goals um as I believe let me get this right scored as many goals as Barcelona and they've only conceded one so Catalonia clubs Cata- Catalonian clubs are absolutely um you know front and center in La Liga this season and it's absolutely wonderful to see but Savio Alex Savio is 19 years old Mm -hmm. winger. He's part of city football group for those that people don't know. Right. He was, he's on loan technically from Troy, uh, which is a satellite club of city football group. And last season he couldn't get a sniff of the field at PSV Eindhoven, Mm -hmm. So to see him thrust into it here um, with Hirona and to be just tearing it up, two goals to assist in his last two games, it's great to see. But you also got Jan Kuto, another City football uh, group player, playing right back for them. Um, You've got a former NYCFC kid, uh, Yangel Herrera. He's not really a a kid anymore, uh, but he was a heck of a player when he was in Major League Soccer. And you've also got Daly Blind, (laughs) <laughs> and Eric Garcia, uh, a blend who severed ties uh, with Ajax, right, last season. Um, and Eric Garcia, who severed ties with Barcelona, only to move to another Catalonian club. So it it's a wonderful piecing together. Uh, and it might not last, but it is great to see this hot start. So I'm really, really glad you brought them up because if you weren't going to do it, I was going to do it.
0: And they did sell Tati Castellanos, the star strikers, you know, and they're having a better yeah. season at least starting. <laughs> Great yeah. mention. Six games unbeaten and the Catalonia teams are playing wonderful football. And I think I see it. That's, <laughs> that's a, such an interesting one. And Blintu is always shocking. But you said Savio. <laughs> and I wanted to yes. give a connection here that La Liga this season has three wonder kids that are special left-footed players. It's Savio that we see at Girona. It's La Minha Mal that we see at Barcelona at 16. And it's Takefusa Kubo at Real Sociedad with four goals scored and a remontada that he had a high impact against Getave. This is a special player and Kubo and Mitoma for Japan. They're one of the best duos internationally playing at wing and they're both Gonna be like what in the next five years playing together? That is a great scene right there with the Japan national team. And yeah, Real Sociedad did draw two to Inted, so Real Sociedad does a remontada against Ketav. They draw against Inted, they have players like Oyar Zabal, Brahiz Mendes. What a player he is! Kubu that is going bold. Pay attention to this team because they have great players. Do you agree with me, (laughs) Brett?
1: I 100% agree with you, and you mentioned all the big players. The only other player I'd throw in there is Mikel Marino. Uh, He was once on the books at Newcastle uh, back in the day, and I only wonder, man, if he was at Newcastle now. (laughs) But Marino, who has unfortunately struggled with injuries as of late, is also back healthy, and he was part of that Getafe win that was a lot closer than it should have been. But um, to bring it back to Takafusa Kubo, because you, you asked me a very poignant question last week, whether or not um he would be able to go in and slot in at Real Madrid and have a high impact and i said you know i don't think he's good enough to be i i have a feeling that by the end of the season uh he's going to prove me wrong i, I really so. do i have a feeling he's going to prove me wrong because even though he's slight um even though you know uh he's a different kind of ish, except he's older than arteguilar in in that sense but He has, even in the games that they've lost, like the game against Real Madrid, Kubo impressed. He was wonderful, off the ball, on the ball. Um, He didn't wind up on the score sheet, but he was one of the better players on the field. Mm -hmm. Um, That was not always there with Takafusa Kubo. He has barely had one stinker this season. Every game, he has been very impactful, even if it did not wind up uh, getting his team the, the three. Um, So I I am starting to turn, it's only been a week, but I'm starting to turn my tide on uh <laughs> that, that thought process with Kubo. And I hope it happens because, my goodness, Japan. Kubo and Matoma and a bevy of under, other wonderful players, Japan is going to be the strongest Asian country for many, many, many years to come. Fox, many years to come. Fucks right yeah.
0: there with what you're saying. And yes, Kubo, just to, for the people at home to understand, Real Madrid's situation with Kubo is this. If yes. Kubo... Leaves for the release clause, Real Madrid will be receiving 27 million. But if Real Madrid wants to keep Kubu, they'll have to pay 33 million right now. That is the option. And I think Real Madrid at the end of the season, they will pay for a right winger like this that gives so many guarantees. It's so reminiscent of Odegaard. What we see from Kubo, like, and we see Odegaard now as a world class player at 24, and Kubu's 21. So I think that Real Madrid will be. We'll be we'll be doing this. I think they'll stay with him. And it's it's interesting yeah. that you're mentioning it. <laughs> It's interesting. <laughs> but yes, with yeah. mentioning Real Madrid, naturally we gotta mention the big competition, the Champions League. And Look, it was a special Champions League campaign with the Wander Kids highly involved. And I wanted to give a special shout out to Rocco Simic that when he gets the Man of the Match award, he spends time. I think it was like one hour in front of the hotel speaking to me. I know it's five years, Rocco, but thank you so much for everything that you have given to us. And Keep going bold, mate, because you are going sure. to the Euros. You deserve it. And if Roko Simic doesn't go to the Euros, he's being robbed. He's much better than any other option that is ahead of him uh, in the Croatian national team, in my point of view. Musa, no, Fair enough. not ahead of Roko. He's unpredictable. Look at that assist to Klauk against Benfica. What a game for yeah. him. What a game.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, here's what I love about Roko. Um it, it has not been a linear development process for him, right? Oh, he yeah. went on loan last season to the Super League uh in Switzerland and it didn't I I think he would probably agree it didn't work out the way he wanted it to, so but he, I'm sure he got valuable he experience. He and he that, yeah. he comes he did say that. Okay, yeah, and he comes back in and you've got Karim Konate, you've got an a, a healthy uh mm-hmm. Sekou Koita. You've got uh, some very good options for this Red Bull Salzburg team. Um and he, he comes right back in and literally, come on, scores a goal, scores an assist, Champions League player of the match. Um, I mean, I'd die happy after that, but I know he's got much more ambitions ahead. And I just have to say, when it comes to that Salzburg team, mm-hmm. Roko Simic was just a part of it, but that was the youngest team, 21.5-year average, the youngest team in Champions League history. Okay, and I know we don't want to talk about Estadio Deleuze, you know, and Benfica losing just by nature of where we're basically located and and how many times we've been to that stadium. But uh, it was a a wonderful win for them, a historic win. I'm pretty certain Benfica will bounce back, but I can't even comprehend this, man. Twenty one point five years average their goalie was 27 so if you back that out their their field players you're looking at like 21 even or lower than that and I do have to say one thing about Salzburg Mm -hmm. that that midfield has one of the highest ceilings that I can absolutely uh think of uh from here on out and I want to make sure that I get all the names right here you've got Gorna Duath right? You've got Matisse, uh, yeah, Matisse Kiergaard, and Duath, uh, Gorna Duath was brought in from Saint-Étienne. He was part of that carnage. Yep. And Gorna Duath, you've got Kiergaard, and you have uh, Mads Bidstrup, 22 years old, who used to be on the books, I believe, at Brentford, um, and just didn't make his way through, but has always been considered insanely highly talented. So a very Danish um, feel to that midfield. And they've got Luka Susic coming in. Off the bench. It's <laughs> unbelievable. So highly talented and such a massive ceiling on that crew. And I I just have to bring that up. now you say Luka
0: Susic coming off the bench for Oscar Glock? That's a luxury. If people don't know, oh. Susic was the number 10 and he wears it for the right reasons. He's very complete yep. offensively. And Luka Susic is a great Croatian name that you must... Remember, a player that I would like to see, too, going to the Euros. But you touched base with a player that me and Rocco spend at least five to ten minutes talking. And it's Cor- Gornadouf. Gornadouf, nice. the versatility he offers, the mobility, and the how fast he is, and how good he mm. is in duels defensively. 13 to 14 million for what they spent Red Bull Salzburg to set that yen, that is going to be a bargain in the next two years. This is a player that can go immediately to the Premier League and look really, really good. That is a wonderful way of saying things. And pressing forward, Roko Simic, that is what he is. If you do not know (laughs) him, he was pressing, pressing, pressing. All game and Karim Konate with Koko Simic with how comfortable they can drop to the wings like that's why they don't play wingers because between the lines clock and then you have two strikers that are comfortable with ball and can, mo- can move the center backs so much to, to drop to the wing that offers so much space that Benfica weren't used to. Like, the biggest problem in that game of Benfica, in my tactical analysis, it was the space from the midfield to the defense. And that is something mm. Salzburg, with those long balls to Klauk, to Koko they tried yep. to exploit and have one-on-one duels with the center backs that were happening very often. Otamendi, and Moratu, and, and Antonio Silva, such an unfortunate moment that he didn't yeah. do did it on purpose. That red card yeah, wasn't um, on purpose.
1: Oh, and he'll bounce back. He will he'll balance. Balance. no that was not that was not on purpose at all. In fact, that was the most unfortunate when it happened in the game, it it just it was so unfortunate and he he'll bounce back. and I'm not worried about Benfica at all and I'm certainly not worried about Antonio Silva. Um, But, uh, listen, Salzburg was only able to get that done, and and I think this plays into what you were talking about tactically and what you and Roko Simic probably chatted about. But Amar Dedic, uh, he's the captain at 22 um, in this squad, and I think you're going to see him get picked up very, very, very soon. And I know uh, there are quite... There are quite a few people that are now taking like the negative side of like the Salzburg-Red Bull um, uh, pyramid, right? Simply because, yes, they're right. From a competitive standpoint, the Austrian Bundesliga, it's just like, not whether or not Salzburg is going to win. It's like, by how much and how early in the season it's going to happen. Uh, but as a wonder kid factory, as a place for young players to play, and even some of these guys, they get moved to d- different teams like LASK. I think that they have... I think that Salzburg's Mm -hmm. ascendance and Red Bull getting it right in terms of their developmental structure, I think it has lifted the rest of the Bundesliga, maybe not in full team quality, but definitely in uh, developmental quality all across the board because Lask is good. We always look at Sturm Graz, right, Uh, where Hoyland came from originally. Exactly. We look at them as a, a place uh, to farm strikers, basically. Um, so there's a lot of really good developmental stuff happening in the Bundesliga, uh, e- even if you know what's going to happen every year in the Austrian Bundesliga. And you
0: focus on development of players. I completely agree that's a huge effect. And you say clubs, it's Liefering, Red Bull Salzburg, Red Bull Leipzig. Yeah, true. That tends to be like the course of action if a player is quality for those Respective teams, and even with managers and directors of football. Roger Schmidt was sure. at Red Bull Salzburg a couple of years ago, and now he manages to have his style of play at Benfica. Now, Matthias Jessel, Matthias Jessel, yep. I, I think I'm saying it the right way. He goes to Al Yeah. he gets paid a ton, and he's developed at Red Bull Salzburg. And even technical directors like Christian Frochtel, I think he went to Chelsea and he was developed with. The Red Bull Group too. So the impact of the Red Bull Group in football is unreal. A bit like Formula 1 with, like, Max Verstappen always winning. That's what we can say that Red Bull Salzburg do in the Austrian League. They tend to always win. And it's not going to change because they are willing to spend money that other teams just can't. Pavlovich was, what, eight, nine million? He played terrifically against Benfica. And that's a Champions League player. Uh, that's not an austrian league player that's a champions league no. player Pavlovich. and they're the only no. team that can do those signings
1: <laughs> no and and samson badu-, badu is the other one that has to be mentioned i think we've mentioned austrian, the entire yes. 11 here uh <laughs> but yeah ni- 19 years old and you're right he was he was lifering um on on the way up and he's worked his way into it and i think he's going to be another center back that people are going to be fighting over uh but i could see him going from Leip- uh from from Salzburg to Leipzig. I guess the only negative I have to say about um, Mm. uh, Salzburg uh, is who's in charge of them. I mean, Gerhard Struber um, had time in Major League Soccer with Red Bull New York. Uh, It hasn't necessarily worked out, but they're playing decent football, and they got a massively historic win with the youngest squad ever. So I got to give them a little credit but i don't necessarily think that struber is going to be the guy that should be in charge of salzburg uh for years and years and years to come um but still uh, a historic win i only uh sucks for all the uh portuguese supporters or benfica supporters that listen to us that it had to be at the hands of benfica but again mm-hmm. i'm not worried about benfica
0: They'll be uh, it, i think i like the manager <laughs> i think he went with a, the right game plan and from what i saw I think he's looking good. But let's wait and see what's mm-hmm. gonna happen in the future with Red Bull Salzburg. But this is yeah. interesting so with the Champions League. In the Champions League talk, mm-hmm. I wanna refer to to Inter. I think Inter deserve a big shout. Inter that have five games, they have five wins, they have fourteen goals scored if they have one Suffered. Only one suffered. And the left side of the defense of Inter, in my point of view, is one of the best in the world with Di Marco and Bastoni. Two terrific yeah. left footed players that would start for every single team worldwide. They are underrated because they are damn good. Don't you agree,
1: Breton? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I absolutely one hundred percent do. And uh Lautaro has uh Um I mean their attack is pretty dang good too, but mm-hmm. What, what was this, man? Come on. They only managed a draw? They only managed a draw in, in Champions Sociedad. League? It's true. Uh, I know. And
0: Cesbastien, I think Sociedad, will be a very difficult team to beat. But like, in yeah, Serie A, yeah. Inter is like saying, we want to win it once again. <laughs> but saying yeah, this, with Inter's well, form in Serie A, I think right now the Champions League, if we have like a poll, a power ranking of the Champions League right mm-hmm. now, man, City's number one. We both agree, right? Barca, yes. and Bayern. Barca and Bayern Munich, I'd say they're number two with Real Madrid, two and that's contention. You agree with that?
1: Yeah, and yeah, then, I'd, I'd agree with that. And
0: yeah. then in the underpull, Inter Milan. I think Inter Milan are the underrated team that could surprise the world and go again to a final back-to-back seasons. And that, if that happens, that would be so bold. So Champions League biggest I contenders right now. It's Man City favorite. Back-to-back to win it. Get, then we have Madrid, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, and I think Inter can be considered that fifth team that can surprise the world in the Champions League. So I just wanted to mention that because Bayern Munich, too, they're not playing bad football, right, Breton?
1: <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're not. Even, even while uh, other nil. contenders, I guess you can say, and yeah, 7-0 was alarming. <laughs> um, I, I guess it wasn't that. It is Bauckham. Uh But yeah, no, Harry Kane looks at home. Um, I think we can all agree. With that. Um, and uh, Harry Kane, I think, has uh, basically replaced Robert Lewandowski. Fuck, Fucked.
0: Fucked. Well, Harry Kane <laughs> has eight goals, four assists, involved in 12 goals in his first seven starts for Bayern Munich. So I completely agree with you. He's the best replacement, and he's English. Okay, so put some respect yeah. on his name, because Harry but, Kane is doing just what he's meant to do.
1: <laughs> but Alex, I, I have to bring this up, because he's not even the top scorer. In the Bundesliga right now, and 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 I think we need to at least say his name, mm-hmm. um, but uh, before because before it gets lost in the shuffle, before maybe I don't know he comes back down from this. um, Serhu Girassi, um I believe he's a you know French French player, uh, came over from Stade Rene. Mm-hmm. I want to say uh, came over on loan last season uh, when his opportunities there got relatively thin. Uh, he has already this season in five starts, ten goals. Ooh. Ten goals and five starts. That's ten. That's, that's I, I, start, I mean mate. I know and Harry Kane is eight, we expect that. But this guy's got ten, he's got in five starts. Um he's twenty seven. He's not French. I believe he might have been born in France, but he's Ghanaian. And he's got twenty one goals and twenty five starts since he joined them on loan last season. So um whether or not he's going to actually give Harry Kane a run for his money in the Bundesliga golden boot uh, race, I don't know, uh, but as of right now, it's at least – it's like Holland Lewandowski all over again, I guess you can say. <laughs>
0: yeah. I like how you're mentioning that. And it's – that's a really interesting name that people, like, remember, okay? But down below, yeah. who gy- – did you know this player? I'm quite shook. <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to, to Matisse Tell. Matisse Tell, that is, his last six games, he's got zero, zero starts, 74 uh, – 73 minutes played. Four goals scored and one assist. He's putting himself in the talks to get more starts, and he's balling out. Matisse, got to respect him. Not going on loan. I want to give a special shout-out to Bonifaz in the Bundesliga. Bonifaz always is scoring, scoring, scoring. Bonifaz in seven games, eight goals, three assists, and and in such a short period of time to be so good, Makes Bayer Leverkusen be more of a contender than maybe about UC Dortmund. And even Chavi and a, a Simmons. Chavi Simmons yep. with five assists and three goals mm. in his last four games. Xavi Simmons right Kay. now is one of the best youngsters in the world. And watch RB Leipzig play, not just in the Bundesliga, but in the Champions League too. Man of the match, Xavi Simmons. Fact.
1: And and Xavi Simmons, I, I just have to ask you this right now, okay? It might be too soon to say this, but should we start talking about Xavi Simmons the same way we've been talking about Jamal Musiala, right? Um, Virts, uh, Pedri, Gavi, even I, I in think some he's respects. I than mean, Wirtz
0: right now, Virts is playing great football, okay. But I think Xavi Simmons, from what he's doing at RB Leipzig right now, if there's like a start bench cell with Fodin Virts, Xavi Simmons, mm-hmm. and Jamal Musiala playing right now, I think Musiala is special. I think you always have to start Jamal Musiala. I would literally bench Xavi Simmons for what he's doing in short, short, such, such a short period of time, going to the mm-hmm. Visa last season. Doing this now at RB Leipzig, five assists, three goals in four games. Like, and I yeah, would sell Vadenvirds that he was injured a lot of mm. last season. So I think he's great. But Chavi Simmons is putting himself in the talk of being an elite midfielder, a player like De Bruyne, maybe in five to ten years' time with the consistency. But-
1: Right, right. And we'll see at the end of the season whether or not he can have a Musiala-like season, like last season. Uh, And maybe by the end of the season, we might be talking about him in the exact same breath um, as Musiala. But what what makes it more impressive for me, right, with Shabby Simmons is the fact that there were these... um, Okay, he's had millions of social media followers since he was like 12 years old. Mm -hmm. He's had... Plenty of attention and plenty of room to not meet such astronomic expectations of somebody that gets that amount of attention. In fact, the majority of people that get that amount of attention when they're 12, 13, 15 years old, uh, they wind up, we, we call that the Freddie do du- effect. They wind up not necessarily, yeah, going on to do it. Shabby Simmons has done it wherever he has gone so far. And the fact that he is already this integral to an RB Leipzig team that is incredibly entertaining to watch with an incredible amount of turnover. The fact that he is already so integral to the way that they play um, just shows you how, I mean, respect needs to be put on that hustle and that never never not being hungry um, type of mentality that he must have had all these years. It, it is easy to rest on your laurels when you have, you know, a million plus followers, right? Um, And he proves, he he wants it done. He wants it in the form of accolades. He wants it in the form of trophies. Um, And I I think he's going to get it, man. He goes to PSV, right? Makes himself completely indispensable. Gets a move to RB Leipzig. Already makes himself indispensable. And I think he'll go back to PSG if they don't turn him over and sell him off after buying him back for $6 or so. I think he's going to make himself indispensable there. In the future, and he's already worked his way into an incredibly promising Netherlands team. So, I, I just love the story of Xavi Simmons. I love a lot of the stories coming out of the Bundesliga right now. Uh, but Xavi Simmons is top of my list at right. this moment. It's very cool,
0: it's really cool, and I completely agree with a lot that you just said. Okay, RB Leipzig, yeah. you're a terrific team to watch, but let us know what do you? Uh, do you, what do you think about Xavi Simmons? What do you think about the situation and in the Champions League too? Let us know what are yeah. you thinking about this. Before we go to yeah. the last topic, I just want to mention De Visa briefly with Feyenoord and Ajax. What is happening at Ajax, mate? This is so sad to see. The match has to be suspended because the refs, the the, the fans are just like, they're sending torches to the pitch. That is so sad to see that this is the level and the embarrassment that Ajax are right now. It's the management of Ajax these past few years has been shambolic. The the downgrade of players is more than evident. Players like Etzen Alvarez, Kudus. Tadic, Julian Timmer, Lisandro Martinez, Calvin Bassi, Anthony, Haller, Onana, all weren't replaced. And they yep. let them go, and they didn't replace them. And now they're showing the consequences of bad decisions like that in my point of view.
1: Uh, it's, it's tough to watch. Frankly, um, it was it was San- Santiago Jimenez once again um, <laughs> showed that he was the king striker of the year divisie, uh, and rightfully so. Um, he had two goals in the span of 18 minutes, adding an assist and then the flares started coming in. It is tough, tough, tough to watch, but it just goes to show um, that the ball is in PSV Eindhoven's court. The ball is in Feyenoord's court for this to become a, you know, decades long game. Um, fight for the visit title at the top. Now, I'm not going to write IX off completely, but as of right oh, yeah. now, uh, ho- ho- yeah, hopefully they've hit the bottom um, because I feel for the academy. Uh, the academy has still been a factory, um, and I, they might just need to get back to that. Uh, they might just need to take a year or two to re- recenter, but I don't think that's the way it operates, and certainly that's not the way the fans want it to operate. They expect to be top of the table, and I think that's why you see this disgraceful um, showing of flares on the pitch and an abandoning of the game. Um, but yeah, no, in the Eredivisie, you're 100 percent right. But then you counter that with the positives at PSV and Feyenoord, and still a great place to go play some football.
0: It's true. PSV are currently with five wins, zero losses. Players like Noah Lang, Joey Veerman, that is bawling out. Yeah, Joey mm, Veerman with it. three goals. F- uh, no, sorry. Joey Vierman with two goals and four assists. And Noah Lang with three goals yeah. and four w- and one assist, okay, for PSV. Looking terrific. And Feyenoord, like Santiago Jimenez, you said it. Santiago Jimenez in his huge. last five Divisa games, <laughs> he's got eight goals scored and two assists. He will be the yep. most expensive Mexican player ever, leaving Feyenoord with Arnes Slot. Completely agree, and I think that. And Igor Paixão. Igor Paixão is yeah. underrated, okay? He's behind Santiago Jimenez. He's got 34, 35 games, 21 starts, 12 goals, and 7 assists. Could we maybe mm. see Igor Paixão na Seleção Brasileira? We never know, because we even see now Caio Henrique being called up. So that is yeah. an interesting thing, I think, to say, too. And, yeah, I think we pointed base with the da Visa. But let us know anything that we have missed in this podcast. But... We have a last topic here, a combined 11. We're going to be trying to be fast with this to have one combined 11, okay, between us. Who would you like to do, Breton?
1: Combined 11. (laughs) Oh, let's do – we'll do Portugal-Spain, right? Uh, Let's do Portugal-Spain.
0: Portugal-Spain combined 11 time. The Iberian Peninsula. (laughs) Yes. Who's going to win in the Iberian Peninsula per position and at goalkeeper. I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to go national. Diogo Costa is my goalkeeper between Portugal and Spain. Do you agree with me, Bretton?
1: I don't. I like Unai Simon. I'm going to pick Unai Simon from Athletic Bilbao. Uh. Um I just think he's been so far to start the season um a whole lot more sure-handed. Uh, uh so Unai Simon is my goalkeeper. I'm I'm not I'm putting the nod to Spain on this one, um, uh, but there's Kepa. You, you you didn't even think Kepa. Raya, now maybe. Real Madrid's number one. I go yeah. No, Kepa, David no. Raya. Kepa no. <laughs> Kepa no no no.
0: I'm not sold on Kepa. But Unai Simon. <laughs> yes, I agree with you that he's a great player, and maybe David Raya could be getting a call up soon, like going up the ranks uh, with Arsenal now. <laughs> and and arise. and
1: just a side side statement here. It is nice to see Jose Sa back playing decent football again. It is nice <laughs> to see him as a very net positive to that Wolves team. Um but uh yeah it was it was a tough going for a little while for him um there. But do you remember that? That, that was just what early last season when he had that run of form or was that two seasons ago where he was just Three, unbelievable two, two. from a goals prevented standpoint for them. But yeah, no I agree. It's between Diogo Costa and Unai Simone for for both. And I, I just, you know, I got to be a little controversial and pick Unai-Simon. So, goalkeeper, Spain, in my opinion.
0: Oh, mate. But, like, the defense of Portugal mm-hmm. combined yeah. against Spain, I'm going to say, my defense of Portugal combined with Spain, I'm going to go with goalie Diocosta. I Diocosta. It's sad that I'm not picking at the left, Núñez, But right now, yeah. Alejandro Balde is playing better. So, I'll go Alejandro Balde, left back. I'll go Ruben Diaz, best center back in the world. Definitely one of them. And I'll go bold and say, we're going to Salinasio and Antonio Silva. We've got a luxury center-back duo or triple, okay? Zero goals suffered until now. And my right back, I think it's João Cacil, Okay, he's balling out at Barcelona. And João is going to ball out with, uh, with Portugal too in the Euros. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and he'd only really be up against, what, Pedro Porro, Carvajal, right? So, yeah, Can- Cancelo's got that in the book. Um, I-, I agree with you. Nuno Mendez, it-, it must be said, for those that haven't been following it, it is tough. It's a hamstring injury, right, issue. And he's been out since late April. Um, so we're now going on about six months, and I-, I hope he's back training soon. I hope he's back. But it's it's a pretty serious injury. So, yeah, Alejandro Baldo- Balde, I have at the left. Um, i've got ruben diaz and then i completely cheated here alex 100% cheated listen rodri has played center back oh. for spain so in order to make room in the midfield rodri's my center back he's my I center had, back I, I along with ruben diaz
0: so to- choice i that but that yeah. makes sense though i do agree with you though okay. if we go with that way i'm going to change on the spot i agree with you rodri has played center back for spain and he's played well he's like i think he's <laughs> one of the players that had the most passes ever for Spain yeah. uh, or yep. for an international player, so yeah, I'm yep. gonna change it on the spot. So my combined, <laughs> my combined Portugal and Spain defense, I'll go with Diogo Costa, Balde right now ahead of Nunes, Sad, Ruben Dias, yep. Rodri, and Cancel. Thank you, Bretson. Inspired by you, there you to go. Put Rodri at center back. I agree with that choice. But so I'm really CDS interested. Y- yeah,
1: exactly. I'm really, really interested. I-, I just think he's doing it again for Fulham this season. Uh, he's he's done it so far for Portugal. Um, this is why I felt like I needed to put Rodri at center back, was because I wanted to make room for João Palinha, um as my CDM with Pedri and Bruno uh, in front of him. So that's my midfield.
0: <laughs> Pedri, Bruno, and João Palinha. With Rodri yep. at centre-back, I agree with you. I go the same way. Bruno Fernandes, I think, from yes. Portugal, is the best midfielder right now playing in form. Pedri is special. And it just silence me. I don't put Gavi, okay? But I think I that know. is the I best know. midfield combined right now between the two national teams. We agree with that. But yep. let us know if you're agreeing and put down below your combined eleven until now too. So with the three forwards in a 4-3-3 four, three, three, four, three, three formation... Rafael Leão or Joe Félix at the left, I think should be in the combined Portugal yeah. and Spain 11. I think Cristiano Ronaldo is still striker. He's 147 goals away of getting 1,000 goals. And I put Bernard Silva at right wing. Special, special player at Man City. Do you agree with me, Breton?
1: I, I, I don't know if I can fight this. I don't think I can fight this. I definitely agree with Rafael Leão at left wing. Um, I mean, obviously, João Felix is going to make it very, very tough in the near future, but I'd love to see him do it for Portugal. Um, what he's doing for Barcelona, but you can't argue his effect um, at this moment in time. And, yeah, I mean, my my argument is that Portugal will be a better squad moving forward, uh, having settled on Gonzalo Ramos. Uh, but Gonzalo Ramos is not scoring for PSG right now. Cristiano Ronaldo is scoring a bunch of goals for Al Nasser. Uh, so I really do think it's between Ronaldo and Alvaro Morata, <laughs> who's actually scoring a bunch of goals this season for a weird Atletico Madrid. So I will agree with you. I'm going to say Ronaldo up top, and I'll say right wing uh, Bernardo Silva, even though Nico Williams and Mina Yamal are well coming.
0: Well said with Nico yeah. Williams and Lamine Yamal. I completely agree. And Cristiano Ronaldo, the stats lately... Cristiano Ronaldo has eight games, nine goals, and five assists for Al Nasser in the last games. Talish kept playing mm. really good. Brozovic, Otavio, Alex Delch, Fofana. So many players that are right there at yeah. Al Nasser too. It's, it's it's an interesting one. And yeah, you agreed so with Ronaldo. <laughs> but yes. yes. I,
1: I, I felt the need to, based off of what we were talking about. I, and PSG is a team we haven't gotten to. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Ajax, they've still got some soul searching to do another one um not to completely change course here but Lyon, man Lyon is in relegation uh <laughs> mode right now they lost again and they benched ray on Cherokee, um and they've got some big soul searching to do so it's funny that a lot of these like development development first right give the give the youngsters a massive chance uh to do what they need to do it, they're hitting some um some well, speed bumps, well, I guess Leon, you can say. Leon has uh, a
0: loan that I'll be watching more, Leon. That's Diego Moreira. Diego Moreira, I think he came well off the yeah. bench. And I'll be interested to see if he gets more minutes in league. But my combined Portugal-Spain 11 has there Dio go. goal. I have to go balde ahead of Nunmenz, nun. Then I have Ruben Dias, Khadri at centre-back, and Cancillo at right-back. And my trio in midfield, I have João Pellinha, Bruno Fernandes, and Pedri. Sorry, Gavi, and my 3 of forwards with Rafael <laughs> Leão, not <Ron laughs> Felix at left wing is a discussion, Christian Ronaldo, and right wing Bernard Silva. That is my combined team. Tell us yours,
1: and he, <laughs> uh, No, I don't need to tell you mine. I'm, the only change I have here is I ah. would put Unai Simon mm. at goalkeeper. Uh, that's the only change. I have Unai Simon over Diogo Costa, and then it's Balde, Diaz, Rodri, Cancelo at the back, and it's Palinha, Pedri and Bruno and then I do have Rafa Leo and I have Cristiano Ronaldo over <laughs> Gonzalo Ramos up top and I've got in right wing uh, Bernardo Silva even though I love the way Nico Williams and Laminia Mall have obviously been playing so um, it's going to look really different I think like you know it, come, come the time of Euros uh, mm-hmm. it's going to look uh, different than this uh, but it, it's always fun to do these things even though they don't necessarily amount to much but I want to know I mean we missed out on some big names. Uh, Guerrero has not been healthy for a while at left back. Um, uh, Pedro Poro is playing pretty well. Dalo, I guess, is pretty good. Ruben Neves, Me we didn't knows. even mention. Dani Olmo is somebody that needs to at least get an honorable mention here because he's been pretty hot to start the season. Uh, but aside from that, no. Portugal over Spain, what is that, like 7-4? to four?
0: Uh, You only picked... Three players, I think, uh, that are Spanish.
1: One. (laughs) Pedri. One, two, three. Four. uh, Four.
0: And Rodri. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And Rodri. Yes, that's the last one. But I only picked three. But let us know what are you thinking down below. Tell us your combined 11 with Portugal and Spain. And make sure you like this video. And give us other suggestions of combined 11s that you'd like to see videos on youtube but yes people Mm. let us know in the comment section what have we missed let us know what topics you want to see and if you're listening until now thank you so much for listening to episode 121 24 episode 124 i didn't go back (laughs) to the past and thank you for going bold with us another week take care people